the church must send or it will end. And the scripture that I want us to turn to is Matthew 24 and verse 14. Matthew 24 and verse 14. It says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. Amen. The end shall come. Some volume, please. Now, the the essence of what I'm sharing is about what causes the end to come what brings things to an end because many things come to an end sometimes in an unexpected way do you see and there's always for intelligent people an analysis of why things end what, what do I mean by end finish stop you see many ministries churches are powerful but at a point they come to an end many times the work of God is brought to an end and it ends sometimes in a way that we may not really like okay but you see God's work the Bible says whatsoever God doeth it shall be forever the work that Jesus came to do is carrying on to eternity so the work in the church as you can see the church in Ghana since it came here is continuing the church is not ending it's continuing but certain churches are no more at the forefront of what is happening so in a sense their life cycle has come to an end because they are no more what they used to be before maybe they were a bright light and then the light has stopped shining so the church even though it is a church is no longer a shining light as it was are you with me if you take the um, different great churches you find out that like when the Anglican church was there then John Wesley came out of the church of England or the church of England also came out of the Catholic church and then the Salvation Army came out of the Methodist church each of them was a strong light but the founder of the um, Salvation Army 
who was a Methodist. To him, there was one God and one prophet from God, and that was John Wesley. Yes, he said it. He said there's one God and there's one prophet as far as he's concerned, and that person is John Wesley. Yes. And he was born, John Wesley died in 1791. And William Booth was born in 1828. So just about 40 years, 30, 39, 40 years, this one came up. And by the middle somewhere, William Booth, who was the founder of Salvation Army, now had to move out of the Methodist Church because it wasn't what he was happy with. That's when he formed the Methodist uh, Salvation Army, which the main thing was salvation. Today, Salvation Army is the greatest um, humanitarian organization in the world. But salvation, our original salvation, has ended. Do you see? So... To me, if I choose one man of God, if you ask me to choose one man of God whom I admire perhaps most of all, I would choose John Wesley. Yeah. I would choose the Methodist founder. Although I'm not a Methodist. Do you see? So, why do things end? Do you see? Uh-huh. Because the scripture that I read in Matthew 24 and verse 14, it says, and then the end shall come. And what will bring the end of the world is the preaching of the gospel. And so everybody must seek to ask himself or herself, what will bring the end? Do you see? What will bring the end? And, and that is why we are all conscious of sicknesses. So now when somebody is sick, we, we, we get worried about sickness because that maybe is this what is bringing the end? We get worried about sometimes when we are making some journeys, accidents. Is it what will bring the end of my life? Do you see? One of the things that will bring the end to the church is when the church stops sending people. And when the church stops planting churches, the end will come. When the church stops going to where we have been sent to go, the end will come. The church must send or it will end. Amen. So I believe that today's little short message is a message about the end of ministry, the end of your life, the end of everything. What will bring the end? Are you with me? <laughs> so, I hope you are understanding what I'm saying. Yeah. So, this world will definitely come to an end. And uh, when it comes to an end, it will be brought to an end by the preaching of the gospel to the ends of the world. Now, to start with, I want us to see 
that there are certain things that bring the end and cause precipitate the end. Let's take a few different people and see what brought the end. The first person is Lucifer. The end of Lucifer's ministry. What brought about the end of Lucifer? Are you with me? Yes. Yes. In Ezekiel 28 verse 14, the Bible says, Thou art the anointed cherub. All right? And um, I have set thee so. That was upon the holy mountain of God, and thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. So Lucifer knows the anointing more than you. And that is why he hates anointed people. Because he was anointed with the same anointing. Thou are the anointed cherub. And that is why Satan will inspire the Antichrist, anti anointing, anti anointing. Christ is anointed, anointed one. Anti-anointing is Satan. Are you with me? To fight the anointed and the anointing. Whenever he sees and smells that somebody has tasted and has a bit of the anointing, then he wants to fight it. Now, how did Lucifer's ministry where he was walking up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You know, as I'm here, walking up and down between cities of the north, Shripone, Saboba, Tatale, Zabzugu, Basa, Bandai, Gushegu, it's my ministry. So when Lucifer was going up and down. Where he was was stones of fire. So he was in the ministry. And he was going up and down the holy mountain of God. That was upon the holy mountain of God. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established. At the top of the mountains. He was enjoying the mountain of the Lord. He said that was upon the holy mountain of God. He used to go and fellowship with God on the holy mountain. How did it all end? Do you see? So it ended. This this book is a book I'm, I'm preaching about called The Church Must Send or to End. This book is talking about the end. How the end comes of great things. And in the case of Lucifer, we see an amazing end. In Isaiah 14, verse 11, thy pump is brought down to the grave. It's ended. The noise of thy vials, 
the worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. Now, Derek Prince, a great man of God, said that the great sin in the church is ambition. An ambition which God didn't give to us. An ambition for things that we didn't, that he hasn't given. I will ascend. I'll be this. I'll be that. You know, if you are a minister of the gospel, your aim must be to serve God. Do you see? And to fulfill his mission. That's why we are here. And few people come here. Because um, nobody will see you when you are here. Nobody will praise you. Nobody will say you are great. By coming here. By starting a church here. You are more likely to be famous if you do interviews. It's a very rare thing for me to be interviewed. Because I, I, it's just something I don't. I, I'm not against it, but I don't have interviews. But one day I was interviewed in Germany. And uh, the lady or the person asked me, what is my vision? I said, I don't have any vision. And she couldn't understand what I was. I said, I don't have any vision. What do you want to be, to do? What, what, what is your goal? I said, I have nothing like that. I have only a desire to please God. That's all. If I can please him, that's all. I don't have any vision. So they were asking, so all that you have done, there's no way you could have done this without a vision. I said, I said, I don't have a vision. You cannot force me. I said, I don't have a vision. You cannot force a vision on me. I said, I don't have any vision. Because people are teaching, you must have a goal, you must have this, you must have... It is true in a sense, but in another sense, a very dangerous thing to have any kind of unholy ambition like Lucifer said, I will be this, I will be, I will ascend, I will arise, I will become this, I will sit by the most high. Hey! God, I will cast you down, I will throw you down, I will push you down. Five times he said, I will. Five times God said, I will also push you down. So, do not have a, an unholy ambition within you because it destroys you. God knows your heart. And sometimes, have you heard that expression before? 
Search your heart. Have you heard the search your heart? Search my heart, Lord. Know me. Because what, when you keep thinking about something in your mind, you see, your mind, is, your mind is made up of your mind and your heart. That's your soul. Your heart, in medical terms, is the subconscious thoughts and subconscious mind. Are you with me? It's below your conscious thinking. So it goes into a place where you are not thinking, but it is there. And gradually, what is deep in you will come out. But it will not be a thought that is in your thinking mind, but it is deep in you. You know, recently I met a pastor who said, his aim he had told his friend he and his friend that his aim is to be a millionaire Uh, a pastor yes his aim is to get a million dollars or to be a millionaire now both he and his friend have been destroyed now do you see but I realized that if you had asked them a question, what is your aim? They will never say, my aim is to be a millionaire. Do you see? But it is a discussion they've had for years. And it's something that is plain in their minds and their hearts. And you will not know that it has actually entered your soul. And that really your aim is to really get a lot of money. But you don't really realize it. So you have to be careful of the thoughts you allow in your, in your mind. Because before you realize, it is moving you. And these two pastors, both of them are completely destroyed. Oh yes. Completely. Completely. It's a very dangerous thing to have an unholy ambition. An ambition that God didn't give to you. Yes. Because the men of the Tower of Babel, they said, let us make a name for us. Let us ascend to heaven. Let's make ourselves a name. And God said, no, I don't like people with such ambitions. I mean, I think that I can say, but I may be wrong, that I've never been in the ministry to get money. To get money. No. Most of the things I do don't bring money. Coming to Saboba or Chiripone doesn't bring money. I'm here, I'm here for week, some weeks. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yes. But maybe in my heart, because the heart is very dangerous. So when you talk about your heart, I don't want to advertise it because I can never tell. Maybe, yes, but I hope not. I pray not. But one that is in your heart, you see that God will also be throwing you down always. So it brings an end to your ministry and to your greatness. Having an unholy ambition, especially of pride. Are you there? Beautiful. Number two. 
what brought an end to Adam's greatness and ministry. And the Adam was the first man. He was with God. God was with him always. Around four o'clock, God would come to him and speak with him. Which of us here can claim every four o'clock God is talking to you personally? Uh, and all that has ended. Yes. How did it end? How did this come to an end? Um, my subject is the church must send or it will end. And I'm talking about how the end comes. Yes. And how did Adam's wonderful ministry end? It ended by the power of a third voice in his life. Yes. Another voice. Amen. Your ministry will end if you follow another voice. Another strong voice and influence. Yes. Because Adam and Eve were okay until the devil came in and spoke as a third voice. Do you see? Another voice to them. And that is why we are concerned about who you speak to. Yes. You know, one time we had some of our pastors, uh, one of our pastors listening to messages his main thing was that he's listening to messages from this other great ministry and that great ministry and so on. And then you ask yourself that, does it matter? It matters. It matters. <laughs> if you are in Love World, Love World Ministry or uh, Christ Embassy, I expect you to concentrate on the pastor, Chris, who is your leader. You have to listen to him. And follow what he's saying. When you start becoming, not that you shouldn't hear anything else at all, but it's like, hey, every day you are talking about how great and how wonderful another place is. You are listening to another voice. And before you realize, you, although you are part of them, you are funny. Yes, always you have another something that, and, and it changes you. Do you get it? So, for, for me, when you are part of something, you have to know what you are listening to. Because a voice in your life can change your whole life. Recently, I experienced something. I realized that people listening to another person, talking to them, talking to them, talking, changes a person. So if there is a, a discontented person, an unhappy person, an unlucky person... Uh, unhappy and unlucky an unfortunate person and you are listening to that person's complaints all the time before you realize it will bring you to your end oh. yes and you see the way Adam has ended is very sad he's no more a friend of God in the same way he's no more close to God he was sacked from the garden and his nature changed he became a bad person when you listen to a bad person, your nature will change. 
instead of being a good person, you become a bad person. I mean, look at Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were like the cows. The cows are naked. No cow wears clothes. Have you seen a cow wearing trousers before? Or a donkey wearing trousers? Have you seen them wearing underpants before? To cover their genitals. Their genitals are waving in the sunshine freely and enjoying sunlight. (laughs) Every genital of every cow, every dog, every animal is freely enjoying sunlight. (laughs) Did you hear what I said? Sunlight and fresh air. But evil has entered our minds. Evil has entered our minds. One day I saw two gorillas in a zoo. Do you know gorilla? He's a big monkey. Yeah, very big. Taller than a human being. You get them in Rwanda. They brought, there was one there. And then they brought a female to come they wanted to cross them so that they would give birth. So all the zoo keepers, those who are keeping the gorillas as well as other people, they all came to watch the male gorilla having sex with the female gorilla. They were, I, I watched it. They were all standing there watching. And the male gorilla was, was comfortable. He was comfortable. <laughs> because sin has not entered into him his nature has not changed his nature has not changed innocent and they were all standing there hoping they were really hoping that oh they would do it so that the pregnancy will come they really wanted the gorilla to give birth in the zoo so they were all standing there hoping and so we are watching and we are hoping to see well oh is he going to do something I mean it's oh beautiful you, you, and you. You are watching on pornography, on whatever, something bad. The whole thing has been made something evil. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Then your essential nature changes when you listen to the wrong people. I'm telling you. You are changed. And your, your ministry is brought to an end. I've seen people whose life have changed by being maybe even in my church and listening to another person who is also a leader in the same church in a way that they shouldn't listen to because the person is speaking with the voice of the devil because there are rebellious and treacherous people whose voices are like Satan's voice to your life and it changes your nature you end up doing things and saying things you wouldn't have done and there are some people that you have supposed to block off. Satan is one of the people that Eve should have blocked on her phone. Eve should have blocked, Eve should have blocked him. Eve should have said, no, you can't even call me. I don't want to know you. I don't want to be your friend. She should have blocked him. Or tested, written, don't answer one. Yes. Amen. Are you listening? Yes. yes. So, Adam and Eve, their whole life was changed by a third voice. 
another voice apart from the voice of God. One time, my own mother-in-law, when I married my wife, you see, my wife is her only daughter. She has only boys, and her, my wife is her only daughter. So when I married her, it was now becoming a problem because I said I want to be a pastor. And I, my church is in a classroom. And I don't have a future to her. And every day she was talking, talking, talking. You have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. You have to, because, not, not because she's a bad woman, but because she's concerned for her daughter. Her only daughter that she's brought forth into the world. That I am destroying her daughter's life. So one day I told her, my mother-in-law, I said, her name is uh, police teacher. I said, police teacher, don't talk about this topic again. We shouldn't talk about it again. I've decided to be a pastor. From that day, I stopped hearing that voice. Oh, yes. Because even when I hear the voice, I become afraid that my life is going down. Yes, my life is going where? Down. Yes. So, Adam listened to his wife when his wife said, oh, enjoy this. That's another voice. Apart from God's voice, you can follow your mother-in-law's voice, your mother's voice, other voices, even your wife's voice. And a wife voice, a very strong voice, because it's the source of your pleasure, the source of your comfort, the source of your relaxation. It's almost like looking at happiness. And when happiness is speaking to you, you disagree with happiness. And happiness goes away. Happiness is telling you, don't do this, don't do And since you don't listen to happiness, happiness, you say, okay, then I will not be friends with you again. It means I will not come near you again. And you, and you will not be happy again. You will not enjoy. So a lot of Christian people who want to serve God are not enjoying happiness because they don't want to listen or follow their wife's voice. And the white voice these days is becoming stronger. Yes. Wife's voice are becoming stronger. We are learning more why Jesus didn't marry anybody. And why Paul didn't marry anybody. Because a very strong voice. And manipulative voice. That can manipulate you like a puppet. And you will not know that you are being controlled. Because once happiness is denied... Your life moves nearer hell. And your home is like hell. Yes. So, Adam, but of course, Adam was somebody who, I mean, he couldn't uh, resist his wife's voice because his wife was his happiness. All right. Number three. What brought about the end of Cain's ministry? Cain. Number one, Cain, you remember Cain? 
Adam gave birth to Abel and Cain. They were the sons of whatever. What brought about? It says, and Abel, he also brought of the firstlings. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And then he said, now art thou cursed from the earth, which has opened her mouth. Amen. Amen. Now, Cain's life changed. And in fact, when you say Cain, it's now a negative word. I've not met anybody who is called Cain. I've met Adam, Abel, but not Cain. There's something negative about Cain. I've never met anybody called Cain or Seth or Cain or Tredaku or Cain. Mensa, no. Cain is a cast person. And his ministry ended because his offering was not acceptable to God. There are some offerings that are not acceptable to God. And one of the offerings is the offering of your life. And one of the offerings is an offering of less than you could have done. Now, you notice that many pastors don't have money. Many pastors don't have money. Many pastors don't have money. And many pastors, their ministries end by their finances not working well. Is it not true? Yes. And many pastors don't have money. Now, why, why don't pastors have money? One of the reasons is Cain. They are cursed because instead of instead of uh, giving what they should have given, blood, they gave vegetables, cabbages, and other salad which God doesn't eat. There are some people who don't eat salad, and God is one of those people who doesn't like salad. Oh, yes. And you are giving him something that he doesn't want or like. And not with God. You can force your child to eat salad, but you cannot force God to eat salad. God is not your child. Amen. Now, every pastor must reach the point where he is blessed financially by the principle of sowing and reaping the seed and harvest I hope every pastor is listening to me you know there are two types of pastors pastors who have learned about financial things and have grown up in it and those who have not I want you to I want you to know something the original method for prospering in this world was sowing and reaping seed time and harvest time 
That's the original, before salaries were invented. Salaries are a new way of getting money, but it is a vague method. What I have learned is that there are some pastors who learn to give, especially they also learn all about giving. They learn to sow seeds in a particular direction and they receive the honor of it and they prosper. Yes. And there are others who come from the same place in the same conditions. Do you see? And use the conditions which they are under as the reason not to sow seeds. Yes. What I'm trying to say is that over the years, I have watched different pastors and I can see that there are those who, when they see the anointing, do you see, they see it as a fertile field to sow into. Do you get it? I'll give you some examples. For instance, one time, a great man of God called Fred Price came to Ghana, whom I know. I don't know him personally, but I didn't know him personally. But I, when I saw him and that he was coming to Ghana, I saw an opportunity to sow a seed in his life, to give him money, if you want me to say it in English words. Somebody who is a millionaire, he's a multi-millionaire. He drives a Rolls Royce. But I saw it as, a, as an opportunity not to go and ask him for a visa or ask him to give me something, but as an opportunity, are we okay? Uh, to ask him for something, but for me to give him something. Most of us here in the north, if you see a great ministry like ours, or even like me, like a man of God coming, it will not occur to you that it's an opportunity for you to come and give me something. But rather, you see it as an opportunity for you to get something from me. And maybe to say something that may get a favor to you. You get what I'm saying? So that's what I said. There are two types of pastors. Yes. I can't remember anybody who, when I saw that the person was around, I didn't see it as an opportunity for me to bless the person. Not that the person needs me. The person doesn't need anything. Recently, Bishop Oyedepo came to Ghana. Not so, I mean, a couple of years ago. And when I saw him, I said, oh, wow, this is an opportunity. I organized my offering, and I went to the crusade. I sat there. I had my offering with me. And uh, when he finished, he said, I should come into his car. And I sat with him in his car, straight to the hotel. And when I went to the hotel, he took me to his room. And the way he took me to his room, he took me to his inner room because there were people in the outer room. And I, 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 the reason I had come was to also to bless him. And he doesn't need anything. You cannot, you cannot need, God can never need your, your, your goat that you are going, the, the goat that he made, the goat that he made, you are going to give him a goat. Please. Let's be serious. But I'm saying that that is what 
A lot of ministries end because financially they are not okay. And those who are not okay financially attack those who are okay financially. So Cain rose up and attacked his brother whose offering was accepted. So those who are not okay attack those who are okay. Yeah, it is a normal pattern. People who don't have money, they always say, oh, these pastors, they're always talking about money. All they want is to come and get money from you. They are just looking for money. Don't mind them. It's all about money. It's all about money. That is how people talk. So, brothers and sisters, I want to tell you that the end of your ministry comes often because of financial problem and because you fail to understand principles of giving offerings, especially into fertile fields. My son, uh, once I was here, a great man of God and came to Ghana last, just two days ago. He came to Ghana, uh, Paul Enenche. He has built the biggest church in the world. In Nigeria, in Abuja, 100,000 seats. 100,000 seats. So I told my son, go with the offering to go and see him and give him up. He doesn't obviously need, he doesn't need something from us. I said, go, go to him with money. Yeah, I'm, I'm explaining something. So these type of ministers usually have also money, people who give. Then we have those who are thinking and say, oh, I wish they would buy a car for me. I wish they would do this for me. I wish they would help me to do this. I wish they would remember me here. I wish they would do something. I wish they would give me something. Hey, he has a lot of money. I wish he would take some and give me. This is the adult group. These are the group whose ministries are ending. Yes, the ministry is ending. And we have those who are thinking to themselves, ah, this is a great blessing. How can I give something? How can I do something? And over the years, I have seen, I mean, people, these are the two groups of ministers. Two groups of ministers. Yeah. Salary, eh? No matter the salary, will never make you rich. If you want, I can tell you free of charge. No matter how much the salary is raised to, eh, it can never make you go beyond. It can never make you break out of the curse. Because the curse is heavy. The curse is heavy. That's why people in America don't come to visit us much in Ghana. That's why people abroad don't come. They, they, when they mention the salary, very high. But you see, the curse is there. That in the sweat of your face, you get very little. Before the curse... The harvest, you get harvest every month. Monthly there will be harvest. Food would have been, you'll be passing by, you, you pick your yams, you pick your goats, plenty everywhere, food. Now it's so hard, you farm, 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 you'll get some few yams. And you'll get rotten. And everything is useless. You get cows, they will disappear, they will run, they will get sick, they will die, they will stand there without moving again. 
they will move to the forest. You don't see them again. Hey, are you listening to me? I'm saying there are two types. There's one type of minister. Your ministry is ending because finances have you have never risen above it. One day I remember I went somewhere to preach. When I finished, I went with about 10 people, another country. When I finished preaching and all that, the pastor blessed us, gave an offering, everything, we went. About two years or three years later, he came to see me. He said to me, I feel like a fool. Because when you came, I didn't know these things. That is why I treated, I've been treated that way a number of times. I remember one time I went somewhere, the pastor invited me, then he invited me again. But the only reason he invited me was he wanted to bless me. He said, the first time you came, I didn't take you seriously. I didn't realize what you, who you were. Brothers and sisters, if we, without money, eh, without being financially, I don't often say this, but without having enough money, we cannot do a lot of things in the ministry. Because as we have come here, I don't think you are thinking that we are expecting that the offering is what we are using to even buy petrol to come here. So, take it seriously. There is a pastor, one day, I've never seen anybody do that. Well, I've seen somebody doing that after him. I was in my office when they said there is a man of God who has come, he wants to see me. So, when I I couldn't even let him come to my office. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know his name. But he came to the office. When he came, I passed there. I said, what is it? Who are you? And he explained. He said, I have come to honor you. Me? Why do you know me? He said, oh, I know you. Your books, your this, your this, your this. Anyway, so he presented his offering. So I said, so are you, what are you doing in town? Are you preaching? No, I have nothing to, I'm leaving now. Leaving to where? So I'm to, back to my country. So what did you come here to do? I asked him, so what did you come? He said, oh, I came to honor you. This is the only reason I, I said, are you serious? And he took a plane, Emirates, to go back to where he, he came from, Emirates. Not a local flight, took Emirates to go to where he came from. Oh, Yes. I was there again when I saw that he has come again. I said, what are you doing here? He said, well, I've come to honor. Me? Why? He said, because you are very great to me. And you bless me. And he came again. And he took another Emirates back to where? I've seen him do it several times. And he said, no wonder today, even though he is in a place that is not a rich place, you see that he has a certain level of financial liquidity. Receive that grace upon your life. Learn it, oh, learn it, learn it. Yes, because if you had the right mind, you'll be sitting here and saying, As this great ministry has passed here, what we have yams or oil or anything you want to honor, like Abel, as against Cain. 
who will come and always say that we, we don't have but I don't have sheep, I don't have goat, I don't have this what we have, and we have take some few cabbages and some few cucumbers and some few whatever lettuce. I mean, take some salad. And God is not your child, and you force him to eat salad. Oh, yes. Are you listening to me? My subject is the church must send or it will end. In other words, what brings an end? What causes things to end? Mm. Now, number four. The end of Sodom. Sodom is a city that was thriving. Thriving. What brought an end? And Genesis 13, verse 13, it says, But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners exceedingly. Genesis 18, verse 20. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come. And Genesis 19, verse 24, and the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire. Amen. Now, Sodom is... Um, An important city that ended suddenly. And there were other sins of Sodom apart from homosexuality, but homosexuality was the one that is known for. For instance, the men of Sodom, they had a lake in the center of Sodom, a huge lake. And three times, four times in a year, they go to that lake and everybody has sex with your children, your wife, the exchange. This was one of the things they were doing in Sodom. Three to four times in a year, everybody would go to that lake. It was a big lake, a water body in the middle of Sodom. And three, four times a year, that is what they were doing. They were cheating people very wicked men, they would, I mean, if you came to the city and you were hungry, they would not allow people to feed you. And you would be made to suffer. Many, many stories about Sodom, the things they did. They had a bed when they get you as a visitor. Uh, if you were too tall, they put you in the bed and try to shorten you in the bed. Oh, yes. Or if you were too uh, big, they would put you in the bed in the public and squeeze you together. One of Lot's daughters, you know, she helped um, a visitor who came to Sodom uh, by feeding him in the night. And they said that this man who was begging in the streets was supposed to die. But somebody has been feeding her him secretly, and it was Lot's daughter. 
And because of that, they decided to stay in the night and find who was feeding her. And they found it was Lot's daughter. Oh, yes. So they arrested her, the men of Sodom. And they took her to a place where there were bees. And they poured honey on her. You know, they poured honey and covered her with honey. And the bees beat her. And she swelled up and, and died. And that's Sodom. A very wicked uh, city. I can tell you more story about Eliezer, the servant of Abraham. How he went to Sodom. And they struck his head. And so many things he went to a judge. There were many issues with Sodom. Oh yes. It was a very, very wicked city. Wicked place. But apart from all the things they did, the homosexuality was there. Now, this is something that a church ends when it is admitted into the church at any level. It ended Sodom. And I tell you, that is why there is an invasion of that thing into the nation. And they are desperate to bring it into the church so that you have churches with priests who are married to men and who officiate weddings between men and men and women and women. And I can tell you that the church will end, do you see, and the ministry will end when we admit these things into the church. They are in the world. They are in the world very strongly. And it is pressurizing to come into the church. And there are people who are struggling with this problem. But the church must be careful to reject it 100% as something that should be in the church. When it is in the church, the whole church will end. And today, you see the Anglican church in England, the Methodist church in England, and many of these places are all accepting homosexuality as normal as something that is practicable by Christians and even the leaders and the priests. You know? So I'm just saying this uh, as something that is important to be said. You know? We love everybody. I know personally people that are, have this problem and we are always helping them. You know? Yeah, so... It is an important thing that this is what the Bible says. And I know now the aim is to remove it from the Bible. Uh, so that there will be a Bible without these chapters and all the things that are written in the Bible. But the Bible is there. In, in Corinthians, it says in six, chapter 6, verse 9, it says, that, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourself. Those who indulge in sexual practice or worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Timothy 1 verse 9 and 10. It says the law is for people who are sexually immoral or who practice sexual immorality or are slave traders, liars, promise bakers, or who do anything else that contradicts the wholesome teaching. Don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah. 
all right, in Jude chapter 1 and verse 7, and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion, those cities were destroyed by fire and served as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. Amen. These are verses in the Bible, Jude chapter 1 and verse 7. And the other verses I read is 1 Timothy 1, 9 and 10. And 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. All right? Now, the next thing is what brought an end to Eli's ministry? Eli. Eli was a great prophet. But his ministry ended. And then we see that honoring your family above God can lead to the end of your ministry. Amen. Now, First Samuel chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Wherefore kick you above, First Samuel 2, 29, kick ye at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me, to make yourself fat with the chiefest of all the offerings. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel said, Indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me. For them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Now, um, many people the curse that Eli had there is no curse in the whole Bible like the curse that Eli had this is what in the secular world is called nepotism where you favor your family and family relationships are more important to you than other important relationships than let's say what is right do you see this called nepotism all right and Eli was accused of nepotism he says you honoring your family your sons more than me and my word now where family becomes more important than the nation that is where we have all these things we have. We say, oh, that's why in the country they always have vice president is from here, president is from here, president from here, vice president, speaker is from here. This, all those things, where do they come from? Because they know that human beings naturally, we favor our families. Is it not true? Oh, yes. We favor our families. That if the president is from here, then this one will be like this, there will be this, there will be that. There will be, it's our time. It's our time. It's our turn. 
It's our turn. We are in power now. Is it not true? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And it destroys entire nations. The whole country is spoiled. Now, one of the things that also spoils entire ministries is family relationships, which are too important. Now, today, you have the churches presenting the gospel as, oh, happy families, happy marriages. So you see, mostly they are preaching about happy marriage, happy life, how to live together, and they are divorcing more than ever. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. So, honor, honoring your family more than you honor God eh, will always lead to an end. And the curse that Eli had, eh, there is no curse in the whole Bible. Somebody pointed out to me that it's the wildest curse in the whole Bible. I should go and read it. Yes. I had never thought of it. So I went to read it. I said, hey, I mean, God finished him off completely. He said that when the ears, anybody hears it, their ears will start tingling. Their ears will be doing... Why? Because you honored your family. Your family was more important than what is right. Than what I have said in my word. Your wife, your children, your relationships of family orientation are more important to you than doing the right thing. Having a happy marriage, having a happy, so-called happy family is more important to you than doing what is right. And because of that, you are finished. What brought the end? What brought the end to Eli? The church must send or it will end. I'm telling you what brings an end to the church. But what brings an end to all these things, you will see end must always be studied. Why? Because end that has happened to somebody can happen to you. Yes. That is why when a plane crashes, they search for what they call the black box. They can search for it forever because they want to know why. Why? I remember uh, Air France flight AF4444 I think it was from Paris to Rio de Janeiro and it was coming back and a modern plane full of about 300 people suddenly in the middle of the ocean at the deepest part of the ocean it was flying at the top there where everybody was sleeping and then suddenly down into the water full of people, full of pilots, everybody, air hostess, everybody disappeared into the water. And it was in the deepest part of the middle of the water. And you must know that the water, there is a part of the water where there's no land, no matter where you go, you can go this way, this way, this way, this way, you never see land. For 100 miles, you'll not see any land. And it's deeper than the highest mountain. It's deeper than the highest mountain and the water is black. And if you go even just 10 feet down, your ears will burst. 10, 10 feet, 13 feet down, you, you, your ears will start paining you. And the plane has gone down five miles. Five miles deep. 
but they sent a nuclear submarine, eh, nuclear robots, to go into the black water, deep down to find a black, small black box where there's no light at all. <laughs> To find this thing because they want to know why. Because why? Tomorrow the same type of plane is coming to pass at the same place. So when you see something happening to Eli, are you also not a prophet? Are you not also a man of God? Are you don't see what happened to him? So is it not, are you not passing at the same place that Eli passed yesterday? Hey! Should you not be afraid of what happened to Eli? That what happened to Eli can happen to you because it's the same road that you are passing on. You are also called prophet, you are also a preacher, you are also representing God. And suddenly, how did his whole life end? So you must look at Eli very carefully, and must be studied. And you must never create a family that is more important than what God says. And throughout my ministry, I can say that God's word is more important to me than my family. And when I see my family members who are part of the church and part of the ministry, I just give thanks to God because I have not made them more important than the church, than the work of God. I thank God for all that are involved, but they... They don't, are not something that's the reason why. That maybe I am, my father is a gunman, so most of my ministries are Jamestown or Teshi Osu Nungwa Labadi. <laughs> or my mother is from Switzerland, so I'm in Europe, I'm in Germany, Switzerland, this, 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 because that's where my mother is from. No, 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 no. Or these are my relatives, so because of that, all my pastors are guns, or all my pastors are mills, or all my... No, there's nothing like that. So you see all types of people, because God is something greater than family. There's something greater than family, and that thing is called God. <laughs> family is great. Family is great, but if you don't go beyond it, your ministry will be very small. Yes. You know, there are some churches, if the pastor comes from somewhere, everybody in the church is from that area. That will always make your ministry very small. Even though it's nice for the people to come, there are more people than your family. So, the church must send or it will end, but Eli's ministry came to an end because he was super conscious of his family, his tribe, his I mean, sons, his wife, his children, his relatives. This was what was more greatly of concern to him. When I come to the north, people from the north say, oh wow, thank God for what. When I go to Volta Ridge, they say, hey, we thank God that our area, our this. Everybody is concerned about his area. But you must be more concerned about God more than your area or any area that there is. I don't have any relatives in Sabuba. I don't have relatives in the north. Oh no. My relatives are in Switzerland. Maybe you don't know. My relatives are in Switzerland. Or if the nearest relatives will be at Jamestown, Accra, British Accra. Oh yes. 
the end of Saul's ministry. Saul. <laughs> oh, yes. What brought an end to Saul's ministry? I'll be ending soon. I'm not going to read the whole book, but just some of them. The end of Saul's ministry. First Samuel 15 verse 22. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight eh, in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Amen. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from becoming and being king. Now, Saul's ministry was brought to an end by stubbornness and rebellion. In Deuteronomy 21, it, we, we, we get the revelation of how serious a problem is to be stubborn and to be rebellious. Rebellious means I don't want to obey. It says, if a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, all right, and that they have chastened him and they will not hearken to him, then his father and his mother shall lay hold on him and bring him to the elders of the city, and they shall say to the elders, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of his city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shall thou put evil away from you. And all Israel shall hear and fear. Amen. Now, stubbornness means the best way you can know that you are stubborn. Stubbornness ended Saul. Saul was the first king of Israel. God chose Saul. God chose Saul prophetically. Saul was not a bad person. God chose Saul. God chose Saul. Saul was not a no, People don't call their children Saul, but Saul was not a bad man. I know people don't call their All these people don't, people don't name their child Saul, Cain, and all this. Saul was not a bad man. He had he was the first king of, appointed by a great prophetic prophets and a prophetic way that he was selected and anointed. He said, Thou shall be turned into another man. First Samuel chapter 10. He was turned into another man, totally anointed. But what ended it all? Stubbornness. Rebellion. Let me tell you something. Eh? Mike Medoc once said something to this effect that. If you have to tell somebody something twice or three times, it's a waste of your time. The same thing, twice, three times. You see, once there have to be a long meeting with you, explaining, 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 you are not serious. You are not serious. Yeah. You are stubborn. You are because you are difficult to penetrate. You are difficult to make 
you to do something. And you can never be a friend of God. If I can never be a friend to somebody whom you are stubborn or rebellious towards. In John chapter 15, I want to show you something. I'll be ending. The the next one is the last one. In John 15 verse 14, Jesus said, Jesus showed how to become a friend of God. Because there's a song we say, I am a friend of God. 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 Listen to how to be a friend of God. It says, you are my friends. If you do whatsoever I command you, you are my friends. You are my friends. If you do whatsoever I command you. Yes, you are my friends. That's how to become friends with God. Do whatsoever I command you. I command, not what others command you. I command. So you are the friend of the person who when the person tells you do this, you do it. That's your friend. So when Satan, when Adam and Eve obeyed Satan, they became friends of Satan. And know you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. When you are a friend of this, you are not a friend of that. That's where third voice is coming. What has been said to you five times already? What has been said to you three times? Abraham was a friend of God. God told him, circumcise yourself. Take your penis and take a stone, sharpen a stone, and cut off the skin. And Abraham did it Not only did he do it But he did it on the first day The day that God told him He did it on that same day That's why You can say that Abraham my friend The Bible says Calls Abraham my friend And Jesus said You are my friends If you do whatsoever I tell you. That's how to be a friend with somebody. Yeah. You are my friends. So Saul, God told him, when you go here, slaughter everybody, including the children and the women. You see, that's where the word whatsoever. Whatsoever I tell you. Whatsoever I tell you. Whatsoever I tell you. Whatsoever I tell you. There are pastors whom I have in my church. When they come to me, they always sit far, as far as possible. They sit as far as possible. They never want to come near. And they don't want to relate. And they have a convenient reason. (laughs) Do you see? Uh it's because they don't do what I say they don't they are not my friends oh yes they don't do what I say they are not my friends one day I I was having a conference and I saw one of my pastors coming forward to give an offering you know it was offering time then I saw him coming 
when I saw him, I heard the spirit saying into me that this man has just come to give an offering to show that he is here. No, I was, I was, I remember clearly as, and I can see the guy. He's just one of them. He just came in, but he's just come so that you see that he's here. And I said to myself, look at somebody. From full respect, shame. I mean, he's not a genuine person. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. To mark register that I am here. I want you to see that I am here. How does that help? Fakeness and double standards does not help us. Fakeness and double standards does not help. So brothers and sisters, decide I will not be stubborn and I will not be... Re- rebellious means, means that I won't do it. When, we say, when you say somebody says he's a rebel or he's rebellious, I won't do it. Opinion, I mean like clearly I won't and I'm not. I'm not, I won't. I shan't, I can't, I won't. I am not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a prayer meeting called flow prayer meeting. You hear somebody say, what ridiculous time is this? That you have a flow prayer meeting at this ridiculous time. Yes. It's I shan't, I won't, I can't, I am a rebel. Yes. That's different from those whom you have a lot of meetings explaining things, the same thing over and over and over and over again. That brought the end to Saul. That brought the end to Cain. That brought the end to Saul. That was finished for Saul. The church must send or it will end. What brings an end to your life, to your ministry? What brings an end? Stubbornness and rebellion. Openly disobedient. Openly doing the wrong thing. Openly I am against. Openly Disobeying what God has said to you and what God has said in the word openly and clearly. I am not, I will not, I am not doing, I shan't, I can't, I won't, I don't. It brings us to the end. It brings you to the end. And the great soul was brought to an end. And God said, okay, I'm going to bring this small boy. I'll bring this small boy who you don't respect. I'll use the small boy. That's why God uses small boys. God will always use small boys and nobodies whom people don't regard and people have negative things to say about him. God will use that person and you'll be sitting there watching as God uses somebody whom you despise. You despise him but God says I like him because he does whatever I tell him to do. He does whatever I tell him to do. He does whatever I tell him to do. The church must send. Or it will end. Everybody say end. I'm talking about endings. Oh yes. The end of Absalom's ministry. In first second Samuel chapter eighteen and verse nine. And Absalom met the servants of David 
And Absalom rode, up, rode upon a mule, and the mule went under the thick boughs of a great oak, and his head caught hold of the oak, and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth. And the mule that was under him went away. And a certain man saw it and told Joab, Behold, I saw Absalom hanging in an oak. Then Joab said, I may not tarry thus with thee. And he took three darts in his hand and thrust all the three darts through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. And the ten young men that bear Joab's armor come passed about and smote Absalom and slew him. Amen. Now, Absalom is the son of David, an heir to the throne, an heir to the anointing. But his life and ministry ended suddenly. Why did it end? What brought the end to Absalom's ministry? Attacking his own father. He, Absalom is famous for attacking his father. Striking at his father. That's what he's famous for. Absalom is famous for attacking his father who brought him into the world. Anybody who attacks his father, his spiritual name is Absalom. And it brings an end to people's ministry. Uh, when you see a pastor attacking, that is even, let's say, if Assemblies of God attacks the Catholic Church, it will bring an end to Assemblies of God. If Jesus is the answer church, attacks Methodist Church, because Methodist Church is a father to the churches we have in Ghana. If we attack them, if you attack fathers, it brings you to an end. You see, that's why when I see people say something bad about this church or that church, I say, look, take your time. They are fathers, whether they are this or that or whatever, it's a father. When you attack fathers, you are, you, your ministry just abruptly capitulates and truncates and ends. That's it. And most pastors cannot help themselves than to attack fathers. We are always attacking those who are ahead of us. Saying, oh, they are this, they are that, they are this, they are that. Don't mind, they are this, whatever. They don't have this, this, this. they don't have the spirit. They are... One time somebody said, a father, or somebody was preaching, said, oh, he's an expired father. He's an, he's an what? An expired father. Have you heard of something like that before? An expiration of a father. That he's, he has expired. <laughs> How do you describe somebody as an expired father? How have I expired? How has anyone expired? How do you expire as a father? When Isaac was blind, and you were thinking that he's expired and now he's blind, that is when he blessed Jacob and he said, 
Blessed are those who bless you and cursed are those who curse you. Be blessed. The Lord bless you with the corn, the oil, and the wine. He bless him ah, for eternity and for generations to come. That's Israel today. Oh, yes. No matter what happened to Israel, the blessing of what you are calling an expired father is what has sustained Israel up till today. Yeah. Yes. You see, a person can become nothing because of a lack of a blessing. When Joseph was born, Jacob, his father, blessed him with a coat. And his brothers were jealous. Are you with me? Now, When they threw him into the pit, Midianites, go and read your Bible, Midianites came and took him out. And they sold him to Ishmaelites. You know Ishmaelites? Ishmaelites. And Ishmaelites brought him to Egypt and sold him to the Egyptians. Now, who was Ishmaelites? Ishmaelites are Ishmael's children. And when Joseph was taken up and disappeared, and Jacob mourned for years, Isaac was still alive. Go and read your Bible. Isaac came to mourn with Jacob over Joseph's disappearance. But you see, Abraham has given birth to Isaac, Ishmael. So they were Ishmaelites. I see these Ishmaelites arrested Joseph, took him and sold him. And you see that you never hear of anything great coming out of Ishmaelites. Because there's a certain blessing that is not on Ishmaelites. That is on Jacobites or Israelis. They, they were a people and they were existing, but they never prevailed and persisted to become a great people because they are, don't have a certain blessing upon their lives. Oh, yes. Even though Joseph, he was 17 years old when they arrested, they put him in the pit and sold him. He stayed in Potiphar's house for one year and Potiphar's wife lied about him. And they took him to prison. He was in prison for 12 good years. 12 good years. It was 10 years after he was in prison that the butler and the baker had the dreams. He interpreted them and they forgot him for another two years. And the Bible said, and God allowed them to forget him because they trust, he trusted in man. So he gave him an extra two years. That became 12 years. And that is why when Joseph came out, he was 30 years old at a prophetic age. Are you listening to me? You will be, and you see, no matter what happens to you, you see that you keep coming out. That's why we like watching movies because the Superman always comes out alive. And the blessing upon your life causes you to survive and to prevail and to come out and to come away, to come out, to escape, to move ahead. Be careful that you never 
rise up to attack your own father who brought you. When you speak against me as a father, you have crossed a line. Yes. I will not defend myself. I don't have anything to say. But the principles of the word and the supernatural agents and implementers of blessings and curses will implement blessings and will implement curses and judgments according to divine principles. You have to be careful. Oh, yes. Recently, a great man of God came from Nigeria. He has a very large church. When he came to, he came to the museum and he saw the great men of God, William Booth, John Wesley, all the great men who have been in Ghana. He saw Bishop Oedipo and all that. Then he saw Archbishop Duncan Williams. And he said, his first remark, that's the right thing. This is where he belongs. He is the he was there before all the other people. And he said, in Ghana, they don't honor fathers. And that it is a great thing that I've honored him as a father. That the Ghanaian pastors don't honor fathers. That was his comment. We have to be careful. Absalom's ministry ended the day that he decided to attack his own father with knife and with armies. He organized people. He organized you. What do you think? You, what do you think? You, what do you think? You, what do you think? What do you think? And they, they conspired. Bible said that the conspiracy was strong. They were forming groups and WhatsApping and making organizations to attack their own father. That was the day that their ministry ended. The church must send or it will end. What brings the end? What brings the end? What brings the end? Is the day you take your hand. Bah! That's the end of you. That's the end of you. Because you, you don't know what your father has done for you. When I look at my children, or even my church, my church doesn't know what I've done for them. Yes. My church doesn't know what I've done. As a church, you never know what I've done for you. What I've been through for you. What I've experienced for the church that I've gone through. Because one of the things that makes a person to be at a certain place is to experience injustice and wickedness and still be there. Oh, yes. 12 years Joseph was in that prison. Do you know 12 years? 12 years is from now till 2034. You are in prison. You have, you have never touched any woman. You've never done any of the bad things they are saying. You've never done anything wrong to be put in a prison, to be made a slave, to be taken. And when Joseph was going, he was pleading with the Ishmaelites. Leave me, my father is Jacob. They know him. My father is Jacob. Leave me, my father will reward you. He told them, my father will reward you greatly. Release me, I tell you. They will not release him. They will not release him. They will not release him. Injustice. Fathers have experienced wickedness, injustice, and they are, in it, they are in it as if nothing bad has happened to them. But you don't know. 
When Jesus was on the cross by one of the most incredible and amazing decisions ever made by a human being, they chose Barabbas. They said, Barabbas is a good man. Jesus is a bad man. Kill him. Those are the qualifications for Jesus to be on the throne today. You never know what Jesus has done for you. You never know what your father has done. You never know what he has experienced. That is why when you touch him even with a feather, even with a feather, you slap him with even a feather. You slap him with even a feather. You are ending your life and you are ending your ministry. As a guy took his mother's wig from her head and slapped her with it. That was it. That was it. One day a pastor came to see me and he told me, he said, I'm afraid. I said, afraid of what? He said, I'm afraid that something will happen between me and you. And you will curse me. I said, oh, how? Why? He said, because this same thing happened between me and my biological father. And my father cursed me. That's why I'm how I am. He said, that's how I'm how I am. He said, my father cursed me. Before he died. That's how I am how I am. And true to his words, I have not cursed him, but his whole life just meandered off. And as I was watching, I was remembering, I said, Do you not remember when you came to see me to say, Please pray for me? I feel scared that I'll do something. And in the end, I will be cursed. Brothers and sisters, the church must send or it will end. Everything is brought to an end by something. It doesn't just happen. And you must know and seek to yourself whether you are Cain who didn't take seriously the concept of offerings or whether you are Adam who listened to a third voice or whether you are Absalom who strike your father whether with a feather or with a cane or with something. There is always something that brings things to an end. So I pray for you that you will seriously consider your life and your ministry. Because if you don't, what brought Eli to an end with the most withering curse of all time will also bring you to an end. When you see your friend, your brother, someone just like you ending in a way, you have always have to consider it because you don't have to say it, it cannot happen. Why, why would it not happen to you? How long is your life? How long is your life? The church must send. We must send pastors. We must send missionaries. If we don't, if we don't send, that's why people attack me for sending missionaries. <laughs> that's what has made our church spread. <laughs> yeah. Because they know Satan knows that the end will come when we stop sending. The end will come when we stop planting churches. He knows it. He knows the way to end the church. The way to end the church is to stop evangelizing and stop preaching and stop planting churches and sending pastors and ordaining pastors and bishops. There's always something that brings an end. May you be saved. And may you be helped by the Spirit of God.
in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand to your feet. Lift your hands and just ask the Lord. Lord, keep us, have mercy on us, strengthen us, undergird us, Lord, fortify us with such words, such, such, such instructions, Lord. you are here and maybe you you want to go to Bible school God has touched your heart you want to go to Bible school to become a pastor to be sent to learn about the ministry come forward I want to just pray with you if you are here you believe God you want to go to Bible school to be in the ministry come to the front quickly I'm just going to pray with you I want to invite you come want to be in the ministry go to Bible school I'm going to invite you to come to Anakazo Bible school yes God will use you so a seed a seed of your whole life lift your hands everyone lift your hands father I pray for these ones who've come touch their lives use them mightily I know Lord that you will raise up many many in this army young men men who love you men who will go all the way go all out 
men who can be sent, men who can preach, men who can live anywhere, do anything. I pray for them, Lord, that through them the church will not end, but the church will move on higher, better, deeper. Thank you. Thank you. Bless them, Lord, as they choose to serve you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.